0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. A-Rod and I host a show called The Deal, and it's all about the intersection of sports, business, and culture. Recently, we got to sit down with Stephen A. to talk about something a little different for him, his business. If
1: I had to crystallize where business came to the forefront of my mind was when I got fired in 2009. There's a difference between making money and learning business.
0: Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcasts. first
1: things first this is about truth telling i have no agenda i always have questions what's the problem that's just who i am this is what no mercy is all about hey here i come you can book it Ah. this is the moment of a
0: lifetime
1: the clock sticking like my lifeline until I flat line, I push it to the red line who gonna stop me high who gonna stop me high breathtaking a move that I make I give it everything I got cause that what it takes I push the limit till it break the heart of the brave the soul of a legend with the will to be great hold up welcome <laughs> Ah! Uh. Once again, somebody wants my attention. Some people never learn. The Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of The Stephen A. Smith Show. As you know, I love coming at you at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the digital airwaves of YouTube. I'm on the road this week. We're here in our L.A. studios thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Please make sure to like and follow The Stephen A. Smith Show on YouTube. Click click the bell to get notified for all of our new content. And thank you so much for the support you've given me. We've exceeded over 305,000 subscribers, and it continues to grow by the thousands every single day. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the support. Please keep it coming. And by the way, while you're doing so, make sure to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter. A Memoir of Second Chances and First Takes. I'll be alluding to that book today, by the way, because of some things that transpired over the weekend, and I'll get into that for a second. Um, I know y'all are all waiting for me to touch on a particular individual who's a Hall of Fame wide receiver, um, who had a lot of chirping to do over the weekend and stuff like that. Don't you worry. I'll get to his ass in a few minutes. Make no mistake about that. But prior to that... um, it's apropos for me to get into um, what transpired week two of the NFL season. Uh, several games went on uh, this weekend. We, we know the slate of games that took place. I'm kind of annoyed with everybody talking about the Dallas Cowboys. And the defense is this. The defense is that's the best in the NFL, Steve. Michael Parsons is that dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Michael Parsons is that dude. Arguably the best defensive player in football. Some people would say Chris Jones. Others would say Nick Bosa. I'm of that mindset that Micah Parsons definitely is that dude. Make no mistake about it. Uh, Him, uh, along with Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs at the corners for the Dallas Cowboys with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and those boys getting at the quarterback. The Jets didn't stand a chance on Sunday afternoon because Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Garrett Wilson had no help. Dalvin Cook had no help. Brees Hall had no help. Jets' defense, they could have been a bit better. We'll get into that another time. But let me tell you something about the Dallas Cowboys. First two weeks of the season, you see the stats, 10 sacks, four forced fumbles, five interceptions, one blocked field goal, two touchdowns, just 10 points allowed. They've outscored the opposition 60 to 10. I get all of that. I get all of that, okay? And the Dallas Cowboys' defense is nothing to sneeze at. I'm I'm not trying to deny that. I'm not trying to deny that. But y'all really, really going to sit here with a straight face and act like it's a big deal that the Dallas Cowboys romped the New York Giants and then the New York Jets? Really? Really? That's what we that's what we doing? That's what we're doing? Did they play the San Francisco 49ers? Did they play the Miami Dolphins? Did they play the Buffalo Bills, even though the Buffalo Bills lost to the Jets on open tonight? Did they play any of these teams? Did they play the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning defending Super Bowl champions? Did they play the Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning defending NFC champions? I understand that the Dallas Cowboys are no joke. I get it. I understand it. And their defense is all world. There's no argument here, ladies and gentlemen. As much as I would like to troll you sorry, disgusting, nauseating Dallas fan, Dallas Cowboy fans, I'm man enough and real enough to acknowledge, yo, they are no joke. I get it. I understand it. Defensively. But offensively, I counted at least two passes that should have been picked off yesterday. At least two by the New York Jets. Didn't happen. Dak Prescott. It's still your quarterback. I keep telling y'all, just wait for it. Just wait for it. You're going to see. And then we see old Jerry Jones, my buddy. Jerry Jones sitting up there touching his hand to his heart like like he's singing the national anthem or something, praising the exploits of Mike McCarthy, his coaches, calling all the right plays. Sure. Sure, okay. We'll see. We'll see. The Giants and the Jets are your litmus test? Really? Good luck with that, because let me tell you something. San Francisco 49 is the best team in football. They ran at the Steelers opening weekend on the road. Then they beat the Los Angeles Rams, led by Matthew Stafford, on the road yesterday afternoon. Their defense is a top three defense. Bosa's back in the crew, on the crew with them. Debo Samuel's on offense. George Kittle is on offense. Ayuk is on offense. Okay, I'm just looking at them. I'm looking with Christian McCaffrey leading rushing in the NFL. Brock Purdy. By the way, leading the NFL quarterbacks with QBR, Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. Excuse me. Keep thinking Dallas all you want to. Who sent Dallas home the last two years? Who sent Dallas home the last two years? Who sent Dallas home the last two years? That would be the San Francisco 49ers. It's going to happen again. (laughs) It's going to happen again. Just be patient. Just be patient. By the way.
0: I'm gonna shock y'all with something. I actually think that the Miami Dolphins. First of
1: all, I would love for the Miami Dolphins to be in the Super Bowl because I want them in the Super Bowl because I want Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle with Tua throwing the throwing the football, with Monster running the football. I want those brothers in the Super Bowl with that offense with Mike McDaniel's, who's proven to be an outstanding offensive mind as a coach. I swear to Lord. I, I, what, what Bernie Mac said, a swift I wish that the Miami Dolphins make it to the Super Bowl because I think they're the most exciting team in football. I will tell you this, though I wouldn't mind seeing the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl against the Miami Dolphins. That's right, I said it. I wouldn't mind seeing the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl just so they could lose. <laughs> I mean, to get you hopes up so high <laughs> and then come crashing down like that. <laughs> Could y'all lose the Super Bowl. That would be beautiful for me to see. Uh, The pain that would writhe through you, Cowboy fans, that would be beautiful. I have to admit that. That would be a lot of fun to see, okay? But I will say this. I don't want Miami that badly against Dallas because I think they'd hurt Tua. See, if Justin Herbert was behind center, if the Miami Dolphins had drafted him fifth instead of Tua Tunkavaloa, and Justin Herbert was the one throwing balls to Tyreek Hill, and the Jalen Waddle, could you imagine what that would be like? Now, Ron, You keep in mind, Los Angeles Chargers right now, first team in NFL history, scored over 50 points in the first two games without a single turnover, by the way. Okay? When you see these brothers doing what they do, and they still 0-2, that's about Brandon Staley and the fact that he don't need to be the head coach of that squad no more. That's what that's about. But we'll talk about that a different day. Maybe not Dallas against Tua Tungvaluwa. What about San Francisco? I might like that. Just a thought that I throw out there. That's the storyline that I walked away thinking about. Over the NFL weekend, Monday night football game coming up. Steelers against the Browns. I'm picking the Steelers to win, but that's just emotion. That's not football talk talking because the the Cleveland Browns look like a better team than the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Kenny Pickett don't seem like that dude yet, and Deontay Johnson's not going to play. Pickens is scheduled to play. Najee Harris is expected to play. Fryer move. The tight end spot is expected to play. The offensive line has improved compared to what it was the last two or three years. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Steelers have the horses to beat the Cleveland Browns unless the defense led by T.J. Watt with the maker Fitzpatricks of the world, are able to get to Deshaun Watson and rattle him a little bit and their offense not be that productive, not to mention neutralize Nick Chubb coming out of the backfield. Can't do that. I don't see how they're going to do this. That's just me. Let me move on to a different subject involving Coach Primetime Deion Sanders. First, let me say this. The game Friday night, a day after first take for ESPN, we took the show live there on campus. Coach Prime was on the show. His son, star quarterback, Shadir, uh, Sh- Shador, uh Sanders, he was there. Okay, Travis Hunter, who got hurt in the game Saturday night, he was there. Let me say this loud and clear, y'all. Let me be very, very clear. First of all, that was a great game. Props to Colorado State, particularly Coach Jay Norville. Um Remember, he didn't like Deion Sanders wearing his sunglasses, talking about you take your hat, or your hat and your sunglasses off. That's what my mama taught me, all of that stuff. He's trying to inspire his team. He was talking to his team, and sure enough, sure enough, his team came ready because guess what? He put them on the spot by talking about them. In case y'all didn't see that sound, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Here's Coach Norville speaking about Deion Sanders' glasses. Listen to this. Prior to Saturday night's game. I sat down with the pinning today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off. And I said, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked <laughs> So, you know, they're not going to like us no matter what we say or do. It doesn't matter. OK, so let's go up there and play. Now, needless to say, prime time. Deion Sanders heard that sound and was like, man, this this guy talking this bull job, we might not been having a good time. He's talking, he's talking that bull job, we gotta address that. Then came on first take and gave me and the crew, Shannon Sharp, Molly Kerum, he gave us a pair of his glasses, new primetime glasses. Might say, I, I looked kind of dapper in that, in case you didn't see it, check it out. Hold on, I got something for you, I got gifts. Come on, come on, come on. All right. Oh, oh, Molly. Don't do him like that, Molly. Don't do him like that, Steven. Oh, Lord Jesus, somebody help me. Thank you so much to Prom Time Deion Sanders. That was the good news. The bad news is that the game took place, and Travis Hunter, courtesy of a cheap shot by Colorado State safety Henry Blackburn, uh, I think right there in the sternum area, um, it, he got hurt, had to be taken to the hospital, and Travis Hunter's going to be out for at least three weeks following that late hit on Saturday night. Nevertheless, Colorado came back, Led by Shadar Sanders, star quarterback. They won the game. Two things I want to say about this real quick before I go to break. Number one, Shador Sanders is a a superstar in the making. Ladies and gentlemen, look at him look away and then throw to a different receiver and come back and throw to a different receiver. Look at him go through his progressions. Look at his leviticism and speed. Look at his arm strength. This brother is special. And when you consider his skill set, that's one thing. But when you consider the fact that this brother is primetime Deion Sanders' son, and you look at his poise, his leadership capability, how protective he is of his father. He was standing at midfield when his father shook hands with Coach Norville after the game because of what Coach Norval said about him. I mean, the poise under pressure, the big moments. He doesn't shy away from it. He embraces it. He has star written all over him. He is that freaking special. That's the one thing that I wanted to say. Here's the other.
0: I can't say enough about my brother, Primetime Deion Sanders. No insult, no shade.
1: There's a lot of great places throughout this country to live, for blacks, for whites, for Latinos, everybody in between. The society offers us a lot. This country is great for a reason. People risk their lives to get over to these borders for a reason. But I got to tell you, it is safe to say it ain't that many black people in Boulder, Colorado. I mean, it's just safe to say it, it's just a, it's safe to say it ain't that many people in, Boulder, in black people in Boulder, Colorado. But they're there now. At least on Saturdays when the football team's playing. It's because prime time is there. That's why. It's something special to behold. And I'm telling you right now, this brother, what he has done to change the culture in that city is one thing. To change the face of college football. We haven't talked about Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and those boys. Brian Kelly or Chip Kelly or anybody else. We haven't talked about them that much. Okay? Lincoln Riley and all. We haven't talked about that much. But we've talked about primetime. He's been the story. And they got their work cut out for them when they go against USC. Because the Randy Heisman Trophy winner is coming to town to go up against Shadir Sanders. And I'm telling you right now, that's the match that we all have to see. We can't miss that. That's going to be must-see TV. That is going to be a sensational, sensational situation to look at. But prime time. And I think about his greatness. I'm not just talking about what he's doing. As a leader, as a recruiter, as a leader of men, as a football mind, as a talent evaluator. The opportunities that he's opened up for coaches and players from HBCUs, historically by colleges and universities, for those of you who don't know what that acronym stands for, is pivotal. It's big. Because seeing what he sees, there's only one, he's one of one. There's only one primetime Deion Sanders. But because of the talent that he's brought with him, everybody knows that the success, he isn't succeeding by himself. He doesn't fail to give his players credit, he doesn't fail to give his coaching staff credit. And if you're getting them from HBCUs and they're succeeding, it's going to put ample pressure on college programs and NFL franchises to recognize. What HBCUs may indeed have to
0: offer. That is culture changing. That is what Deion Sanders has pulled off. Every college basketball, every college football program is going to ask now, where's my Deion Sanders? They won't admit it, but that's what they're going to do. He's one of one.
1: We know this. But he's also letting you know you don't have to be him to enjoy some level of success. And at HBCU products, both in the playing and coaching ranks, deserve some consideration. Last week, I made an appearance on the Joe Budden podcast. Um, Obviously, a few people had some things to say about it. Why Terrell Owens was one of those people, I have no idea. He instigated some stuff. He started it. He started it. That's all I'm going to say until I come back from this break. You're listening live to Stephen A. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime
0: uh-huh.
1: The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline I push it to the red line Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high?
2: It's my team
1: It's my quarterback And if you guys do that, man, it's unfair
0: We lost as a team
1: That was Terrell Owens former all-world NFL wide receiver, crying, uh, being very, very protective of his quarterback at the time, Tony Roma of the Dallas Cowboys. This was before Jerry Jones exiled him from the Dallas Cowboys organization. Um, this was as his career approached its end. Of course, he played in Cincinnati thereafter. I forgot where else. Um but the reality is, is that Terrell Owens is one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of football. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I got him top three. I only have Jerry Rice and Randy Moss ahead of him. He is, was simply that great. Um, never won a Super Bowl championship was not his fault. At least I'd say that. And my diatribe, soliloquy, or whatever I'm about to go on, Of course, has nothing to do with the player that Terrell Owens was because there's nothing to question about his greatness. Nothing at all. Um, He was simply that great, that marvelous, worthy of being a Hall of Famer, should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Never blamed him one bit for being a bit perturbed that it took three or four selections before he was ultimately entered into the Hall of Fame. But nevertheless, Terrell Owens has made news for a different reason over the years. And it all comes back to the same thing. Um, And it involves just attitude, his issues, you know, kind of ways that he tries to attack people from time to time. And I was the latest victim. Now, in the world of T.O., understand that word victim is never something that's appropriate appropriate for somebody else. It's always him. It's always somebody that did him wrong. So we're going to address that today. We're going to address it right now. Before I get into what I really, really, really want to say, let me backtrack and give you a little history that spans just the last three or four days. Last week, I made an appearance on the Joe Budden podcast. Joe Budden asked me to come on whenever I've needed him to come on my shows. He never hesitated. I always appreciated the love. Um, He's got Melissa Ford on there with him. She's been a friend of mine for years. Girl, you you done did that thing. She looked phenomenal. Way to go, girl. But I digress. And on that appearance with Joe Budden, once again, I was asked a question about my former partner on First Take, Max Kellerman, what happened, and all of this other stuff. I've been answering the question the same way for two years. I've got a best selling book, Straight Shooter. I wrote about it in a book. But nevertheless, the question was asked,
0: I answered.
1: Before we go any further, Look at what I had to say.
0: I didn't like working with him, man. It's just that
1: damn simple. I didn't like it. I thought the show was stale. Um, I thought that we had flatlined when it came to the public at large. And I'm trying to win. I mean, I didn't want to go from number one to number two when Skip left. Uh, that's not what, I wasn't having that. At some point, you're going to do what you need to do or you don't. And if you don't do what you need to do, I'm going to get somebody who will. When I went upstairs to management, my exact words were, look, if he's that important to you, give him first take. I'll leave. Stephen A. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen A. I'm telling you what I said. ESPN made the decision that they made. They elected to keep me on first take instead of Max Kellerman as I've reminded people on numerous occasions, this was not 2009 where I got fired, where my contract wasn't renewed, where no one would hire me, not even BET or TV One. And I say that because obviously TV One and BET were networks that catered to African-Americans and even they did not hire me. I was, went 10 months without a job before getting hired by Fox Sports Radio and Don Martin and now the boss of iHeartRadio, one of the bosses, the wonderful, lovely Julie Talbert. That's how all of that came to be. That's how all of that happened. But I was unemployed for 10 months prior to that. That was not the case with Max Kellerman. When ESPN elected to pull him off, a first take without question at my behest, because that's something that I didn't want to work with them. So you keep him, let me go, or you let you keep him and let me go. When that happened, Max Kellerman
0: got morning radio and had his own afternoon show. And didn't lose a dime. So it was just a matter of People being
1: competitive and me feeling like this was not a winning formula, which to this day I stand by. Which, by the way, has been proven correct because we've never enjoyed more success than we're enjoying right now. But the reason I bring all of that up is because I wanted to point to the consistency. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the excerpts from my book, Straight Shooter a memoir of second chances and first takes in which I speak about this very issue in the damn book. It's there page 212 quote, a standard was set for four years before max ever arrived. Meaning with me and skip Bayless, we had a mandate to live up to that and we couldn't pull it off. I just reached a point where I knew we couldn't live up to what the audience demanded and didn't want to work with Kellerman on a debate show any longer. I didn't say sports and I didn't say boxing. I didn't say anything but first take a debate show. I said, we were not ideal sparring partners. That was all. Continued on page 212 for three years from 2017 to 2020. There were an inordinate amount of conversations with the honchos about my and Max's lack of chemistry, not about ratings. We were still number one. Just how uncomfortable it became watching us together because we didn't enjoy each other. I had no desire to sit around and watch first take falter. Keep going. Page 238. My book, Straight Shooter, New York Times bestseller. Doesn't get any larger than that. So I let them know, I'm not asking you to take Max off first take. We both are assets to this company, but we do not work on a debate show and we never will. So if you don't want to take Kellerman off the show, then take me off the show. I'll understand. I'm sure we can find something else for me to do here. That was the
0: end. What's the news? I've been saying it since
1: 2016. I'm sorry, 2020. 21, actually.
0: I've said it for
1: two years. I'll say it again. I have nothing against Max Kellerman. I am not happy that ESPN let him go a couple of years later. I'm not happy that he didn't enjoy the success that I thought he would enjoy. I'm not, I, I don't wish him bad luck. I don't want him unemployed. We cover sports, athletes and coaches, general managers, president of football, basketball operations, and others come and go every day. No matter what level of success you had, Jimmy Johnson was let go after they won two Super Bowls. Players get cut. Players get traded all the time. Joe Montana was traded. Shit happens. It's just not vibing and working. And the audience, you, pay attention. You're the one that's retweeting. You're the ones that was going all over social media. You're the one that was sending messages into ESPN. This ain't working. It's stale. It's boring. There's nothing excited here. I mean, come on. Y'all were telling us. There's focus groups. There's intel. There's research that's done to talk about what resonates and what doesn't. We were not doing it. And I felt the reason why was he and I, not him, he and I didn't work together. We didn't enjoy working
0: together. That's not a crime. That's not a crime. But I'm going to tell you what is a crime. Terrell Owens sticking his nose into this equation. Because he felt the
1: need to join the conversation on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that the video that I'm about to show you is one of the greatest insults you could ever give to a black man. But T.O., with no one talking about him, nobody bringing him up, Nobody alluding to anything about him decides on a Saturday morning, at least that's when I saw it, when I woke up to share this old video of himself on first take with me and Max. Talking about me as we were discussing the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. Look at this. Max is going to get in here. Like I said, I'm in the streets. Max almost seems blacker than you, Stephen A. <laughs> with, with 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 what time he man. with, with, he's coming, you know, with his coming with this commentary. Tommy, with all due respect, my brother. You don't, <laughs> I'm just you, saying, dog. Time, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a second. <laughs> I'm minute. just I'm saying. A, I'ma check you right now. You don't cross I'm the line. I'm just saying. Tommy, 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 wait a minute. You don't cross <laughs> the line.
0: <sighs>
1: I could have aired more, because I handled the situation right there on live national
0: television. First of all, what is blacker? Let's get that out the way. I could say, who are you
1: to talk about blackness? Are you, Terrell Owens, a model of what a black
0: man should be? I have files. Here's what T.O. is not telling y'all. He knows I wouldn't go there.
1: I don't do that to people. I talk about what you do in terms of what your profession is, covering the world of sports. I don't get into your personal business. I got 30 years in the industry, dog. Google me, check my resume, talk to the athletes that know me. I'm not liked by a few. I know that. Don't give a shit. I'm not here to make friends. I'm a journalist, personality, pundit. But who is. Terrell Owens, of all people, to define blackness. We want to get into who represents the black community better? You really want to have that discussion? Really?
0: I wouldn't even do that to you. I'm not going to even waste my time with that.
1: I brought that up to point out that I was sitting there minding my own business. I answered the question that had been brought to me by Joe Budden and his team. The question was about Max Kellerman. What does that have to do with Terrell Owens?
0: What does that have to do with him? Not a damn thing. And
1: I'm sitting up there and I immediately reacted on Twitter, which may not have been the right thing to do, but I just felt compelled to do it. And the reason I felt compelled to do it, ladies and gentlemen was because number one, I know he's full of shit. Number two, I know that he's starving for attention because that's the only way he might do something these days. Looking for anything to get himself attention. So, hey, I'm here to give it to you. You can have it because I'm here to help because God knows you need it. But I checked myself, not because of the inordinate amount of NFL people and not just present players, but former players, not just the league office, but the NFL Players Association. I had calls from all over the place. Steven, please don't do this to him. Please don't do this to him because we all know the ammunition that's out there. I mean, my God, it's so much.
0: It's a foulest thick. but that's not the point. I want it to be decent. And Kyrie Irving, who we all know I've
1: had my differences with. Damn it, that doesn't mean he's not right. And when Kyrie Irving went out and put out this tweet right here, can Stephen A., can y'all call each other like grown, mature men and clear the air without all of the extra social media back and forth, get what you need off your chest and move on. Kyrie Irving was right. And that's a big reason why I'm not going to attack Terrell Owens but it's not the only reason I'm not going to attack Terrell Owens. I'm not angry at Terrell.
0: I'm not angry at T.O. I'm sad for him. It is rare in my lifetime that I've seen a person make more enemies
1: out of people who genuinely cared and tried to help him than this man.
0: It's really sad. T.O. can talk to y'all all all he wants about what kind of
1: person that I am and all of this other stuff. Let me tell y'all what's at the heart of of the reason why he and I will never speak to one another again. Ain't nobody running from him. He's talking about how, you know, let y- 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 will see what kind of heat you got in my face. I just saw you in Colorado. We were there together at the game for Colorado, Nebraska. We were within a few feet of one another. You ain't say nothing to me. I ain't say anything to you. And we ain't going to ever talk again. And that's fine. I won't miss you. Because I know what you are. I know what you've become. And I'm not angry. I'm sad. Ladies and gentlemen, we stopped talking because after you saw that hit from Max Kellerman, Terrell Owens tried to sue me. He had lawyers contact ESPN who obviously contacted me to try and sue me. Needless to say, it was laughable. It never went anywhere. He wasn't getting a damn dime which he was hoping to get. That's why I was pissed off Saturday because I haven't spoken to him since that day. Cause he tried to sue me. He tried to sit up there and say, I did something I've never done in my career. And that is has taken off the record conversation and publicize it. I have never done that in my career on the soul of everything I love. I don't do that. I've never done that. I would have never been able to enjoy the success that I've been able to enjoy if I had been that kind of guy. And he damn well knows it. Now, we could speculate as to why he would do something like that, why he would accuse me of something like that, why he would get lawyers involved looking for money. I wonder why. Y'all speculate about that. But the point is he tried to sue me. And from that point forward, I said, I can never talk to him again because who knows what he's going to try to turn into a lawsuit. And I have stayed away from him from that day forward. But prior to that, ladies and gentlemen, why was T.O. on the show to begin with? This show that he says that I need attention for because I need ratings, even though we've been number one for a decade and counting. By the way, just Google it is 15 straight months. First take has been up in the ratings. We've been number one every month, every year for 12 consecutive years and counting with Skip, with Max, without both of them, with me.
0: Number one. But I need you. For ratings. Okay, sure. The point is, prior to any of that, why was Ta
1: T.O. on the show? Do y'all know that T.O. asked to come on the show? The same show where he said he sounds more black than you, T.O. asked to come on first take. Does T.O. get to come on first take? If I don't want him on first take, why don't you call ESPN and ask him? Who's the executive producer of the show? That would be me. He doesn't get to come on the show. If I don't let him on the show. I let him on the show. Cause he asked. And I was looking out for him. How do we know that I was looking out for him?
0: Because I spent years defending Terrell Owens. I defended him for years. Ask Donovan McNabb. How about this one? How about
1: Skip Bayless? On first take. Back in 2016. 2016. Talking about T.O. to his face when I was off that day and T.O. and Ocho Cinco were on first take as subs for me because I was off that day handling personal business. Look at this segment right here with Terrell Owens, Ocho Cinco and Skip Bayless. Check this
0: out. And I thought about it last night because my man Stephen A. Smith and we do miss him today feels 10 times more strongly than Nellie does that I have been unfair and too hard on Terrell Owens. So I've soul searched about it.
1: Donovan McNabb, call him. Primetime Deion Sanders, who Deion, who T.O. was at, 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 at the game the other day. And, and for some reason, has been on the sidelines with him. Call him. Chris Carter, who T.O. turned his back on. When he went to shake his hand in a room full of Hall of Famers to welcome to welcome him to the Hall of Fame. Turned his back on Chris Carter and followed a room of Hall of Famers. Ask him. Ask Michael Irvin. Ask them all. Ask him. The list goes on and on and on. Of people who know. Throughout his career. I have always tried to help Terrell Owens. Did y'all know he was supposed to be my first guest on, quite frankly, years ago? Promised me he was coming in to be the very first guest for my show. Backed out at the last minute for personal reasons, that's none of y'all business. I said, no problem. Alan Iverson came and looked out for me. Did y'all know that one time I went to interview Terrell Owens? Because Terrell Owens asked me to come to California to interview him. And I came to interview him. I think it was California might have been another city. I apologize if I don't get it right. But I went to interview him and Terrell Owens announced his retirement only to jump up out of the chair and start laughing and said it was a prank.
0: I let that go. No problem, man. It's no big deal. Skip Bayless was furious over that.
1: He thought that T.O. played me. No problem. Time and time and time again, ask Andy Reid and those boys that that were with the Philadelphia Eagles. Ask Troy Vincent. Ask Hugh Douglas. Ask all of those cats, McNabb included. Ask Brian Dawkins. B. Dawkins and all of those brothers. The locker room was divided. I was a columnist in Philadelphia. Who did I defend? Time and time and time again, I have defended Terrell Owens. When he did something, I tried to pick up the phone to reach him. I tried to talk to him. If I couldn't reach him, I'd write what I had to write in the moment.
0: But overall, I always had his back. But don't y'all know? When you have T.O.'s back, that's when you're most likely to get stabbed in yours. Now, I'm not going
1: to do what people expect me to do, even though I don't know why, because I don't get into people's
0: personal stuff. But there's a litany of things. Both professional and personal that I could get into that I will never do. I'm not that guy.
1: And I'm not going to do that to a brother nor
0: anyone else. But make no mistake, I didn't do anything to T.O.
1: I didn't deserve what he said on first take. I didn't deserve what he retweeted this weekend. I don't deserve how he's been clapping back now. The only reason I felt the need to address this is because I want people to understand that an only reason, the only reason, I was pissed off at Terrell Owens this weekend is because this man tried to sue me. That hard up for money. You trying to sue. Lying about some off the record comment. I've never violated an off the record conversation in my career nor my life. I don't roll like that.
0: I never have. I never will. But that's what he tried to portray and I did not appreciate that. But to Kyrie Irving, I heard you loud and clear. When you're right, you're right. And no matter what differences we had, that doesn't mean
1: that the spectacular talent that you are is not also a highly thoughtful individual that makes sense far more than you don't. Kyrie Irving was right. In fairness, I spoke to Primetime. Primetime was right. Shannon Sharp was right. Cats from the Players Association in the NFL and the league office was right. Contemporaries in the NFL, they were all right. Stephen A., don't go at T.O. like that. You're absolutely right. I'm not going to do it. I just want to let the world know That's why I was ticked off at him. We can have differences and all of this stuff, fine. But to send lawyers after me, which, by the way, ESPN absolutely laughed off because it was a laughable situation. It's just beyond the pale. It's ridiculous. And I don't ever plan on talking to Terrell Owens in life again because i be quite honest with you. I don't know. What he'll do. He might tape my conversation. Not that I got anything to hide because I don't. But I can't trust if the first thing you're going to do is go the
0: lawyer route. I can't trust that. That's the truth. I'm many things. But I ain't no damn liar. That's the story. You won't hear me talking about T.O. again.
1: And it's for a simple reason above all else. You spent 15 years making a spectacular name for yourself on the NFL football field. I recognize it's a struggle for you to continue to make a name for yourself now. But
0: you ain't going to use me to do it. At least not in a back and forth situation. It's your life, live it. God bless. I wish you nothing but the best. I have nothing else to say to you. I have nothing else to say about you. Hopefully forever. But it doesn't mean I wish any ill will towards you. Peace and love, my brother. You'll probably need it.
1: Back with more of the Stephen A. Smith show in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's like my lifeline. Until I, flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon stop me,
2: high?
0: Who gon stop me high?
1: Welcome back to Stephen A. Smith's Show. Let me address a couple of things, just a little some some quick hit items that I wanted to comment on. So um, I've heard that Travis Kelsey, my brother from Another Mother, I love that brother. He's one of the coolest people I know. He's possibly dating.
0: Taylor Swift. Now, Travis has an ex. I won't say her name,
1: but y'all all all know who she is. I will openly confess I have a very, very soft spot for her. She is spectacular. I will always adore her. She's good people too. But whatever it is, is their business. And this is just stuff that I'm responding to. I'm going to say this. Taylor Swift, you could do a lot worse. But so could he. Because I haven't gotten over that Taylor Swift concert. I mean, she was off the chain. Now, I don't want everybody to confuse this. I am still Beyonce all day, every day. I don't want Blue Navy coming after me because it's not Rihanna. I love Rihanna. Respect Rihanna. I buy her music. She's spectacular. Rihanna's the joint. I love Rihanna. Taylor Swift surprised the living hell out of me. I could not believe how phenomenal her concert was. It was spectacular. It was spectacular. But nobody is Beyonce. Nobody. The Queen Bee. Yes, I want to say that. Getting that out the way. Travis Kelsey with Taylor Swift. and That's not bad. That's not bad now. I mean, I watched Taylor Swift perform and, you know, Taylor Swift
0: got She got a little sound with her. Pretty. Long, nice legs, looks good.
1: That's not bad. And I don't. I sincerely doubt that Travis Kelsey will find anyone more successful than her. I mean, she made over $5 billion in this concert, tour, And counting. I haven't even counting a movie yet, so... Travis Kelsey's a Super Bowl champion. Champions like champions. <laughs> My brother. More power to you. By the way, this person on TikTok has an interesting theory as to why Swift is talking to the star tight end. Check out this TikTok video, please.
0: Taylor Swift is from Philadelphia. She's an Eagles fan. I think that Taylor Swift is purposefully sabotaging the Kansas City Chiefs to allow the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year. You know anything about the Chiefs, you know that Travis Kelsey didn't play in the first game of the season because he has a very deep bone bruise. And Taylor Swift is off from the Eras tour until November. So I think that Taylor Swift is hunkering down in Kansas City nursing Travis Kelsey back to life. So all this to say, Taylor Swift, you're not slick. I see what you're doing and I don't like it. Go Chiefs. Oh my
1: lord. I don't even know what to say about that. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think men covet what we see. We're physical creatures. We look at somebody. We like what we see and we, we're available. Uh, and we think we got a chance. We kind of go for it. That's just how it works. By the way, his ex is a girl. I know the girl's name is Kayla Nicole. You know, I've met her on many occasions. I know her a little bit. You know, she's good people. You know, I've got nothing negative to say about her. Not a single syllable. I'm not going to even engage in this subject anymore. Um, She's a beautiful person inside and out. Uh, I met her through Travis, who I love to death. She's good people. I wish her nothing but the best. I wish him nothing but the best. I got no comments on all of that stuff. I'm just saying. Travis Kelsey's that dude. And there's a lot of women that want Travis Kelsey. That's the way it goes. Black, white, Hispanic, everything in between. Most women that see Travis Kelsey want Travis Kelsey. At least that's the way it appears. When I see him around in public and women are fawning all over him, I'll leave it at that. Other item I want to get to: the Mexican government revealed pictures and video of what a witness says are alien remains, and the internet lost its damn mind because these supposedly these are supposedly real aliens they look fake as hell to me. But 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 look at this right here. I, I mean, they, they they look like they stole that off of Independence Day. Let's look what they. I mean, that's what that looked like. That's what that looked like. But this is what I've said to y'all. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When I see stuff like um, uh, uh, Total Recall, Independence Day, and, and stuff like that, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't surprise me. This is the planet Earth. There's human beings here. We're not the only planet in the galaxy. We're not the only planet in the world, the universe. Do you really, really think that human beings are the only creatures that live on this earth? I mean, maybe not. I don't mean on this earth, but I'm just saying in in, in the universe, come on. It happens. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I just know this much. If I see a damn alien ship hovering over... The, the Empire State Building or something like that. I'm not going to be like a bunch of white folks that I saw on Independence Day. Wow, that's peculiar. We're going to celebrate. We're going to stand on the top of the building. Everything it looks great. I mean, wow, I got to go up there. Oh, my goodness. They're coming forward. This is great. Oh, hell no. I'm running. I'm running. I'm trying to get the hell out of town. That's what I'm trying to do. I tell you that right now. Ain't no doubt. I just wanted to put that there. Anyway, I got to rush on out of here, All right. I will catch y'all another time. I appreciate y'all listening into the Stephen A. Smith show. Make sure to keep on watching. All right. But until then, thanks for watching another episode. I'm here at the very least every Monday, Wednesday and Friday over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith show right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get all the notified, get notified of all of our new content and be sure to pick up a copy of my New York Times best selling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace and love. I'm out. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. A-Rod and I host a show called The Deal, and it's all about the intersection of sports, business, and culture. Recently, we got to sit down with Stephen A. to talk about something a little different for him, his business. If I had to
1: crystallize where business came to the forefront of my mind was when I got fired in 2009. There's a difference between making money and learning business.
0: Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcasts.